Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Eric Brotman. Eric, are you ready to do this? I was born ready, George. Let's do it. Excellent. Let's do this. Eric is a CFP, an AEP, a CPWA, the CEO of BFG Financial Advisors, and he is the host of the Don't Retire, Graduate podcast. I'm excited to have you on. Eric, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Uh, thanks for having me, first of all. Yeah. I, my, my, my personal life is very straightforward. I'm married with a perfect daughter who's 10. Ask me in two, three years whether she's still perfect. <laughs> I hear that may not be the case, but right now she's perfect in every way. Um, I live in suburban Maryland, born and raised here, went to school in Philadelphia and then came back to my hometown and uh, have been running a financial planning and wealth management practice here since 1994, started a company in 03, uh, and we're helping a lot of people and a lot of families reframe retirement and thinking about it in a very, very different way. So we, we think we have a unique message uh, that's helped us do multi-generational planning, and I'm excited to share it with your audience today. Well, excellent. Well, I appreciate that very much. I was uh, I was preparing for the conversation, and I have written down framing, and 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 here you come out right with reframe. So I think that that's 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 perfect. So you've you've been at this for a long time, and obviously you had a different you you had a perspective when you started in the business and to where you are today so so how did you come to this reframing of of how people think about retirement i i think there's really no substitute for experience and the experience that we've had uh and that i've had in my career has been that people who retire without a a real plan and, and i don't mean a financial plan i mean a life plan hmm. uh, people who retire without a life plan don't thrive and quite frankly, anecdotally at least, they don't they don't live very long. So uh, I, I think it's important to have a, a reason to get out of bed every morning, even if it's not for profit. And uh, you know whether that is consulting or doing something for income because you love it, or whether it's volunteering, or whether it's grandchildren, or whether it's travel, it, it, you just need a plan because um, I, you know retirement is not the seven years that the Social Security Administration dreamt up <laughs> 75, 80 years ago when Social Security was created and the, and the idea was you work till 65 and you were dead at 72, you know, we could live to be 108. Uh, we better have something to do for 30 years. We're going to be pretty bored. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's so interesting, right? I think that so many of us have forgotten, and, 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 and even I have, you know, the whole concept of retirement has just changed so much and people are living so much longer. So... Having that, having that, 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 that plan, having something to do on, on a daily basis is so important. But why, why graduating? Well, because I, I think when you look at all the milestones in life, 
retirement is really the only one that a you only do once per se uh, and b that makes the next one up in line uh, your own demise so mm. if you think about it our, our life is a series of of accomplishments and achievements and graduations whether you're finishing preschool or 12th grade or your phd there's this progression there's this movement towards something there's this sense of accomplishment but there's also a sense of next adventure um, and retirement's totally different because you, you know we identify as adult people and particularly as americans we identify who we are with what we do so if somebody said you know who are you the first thing somebody's going to say is i'm a neurologist i'm a school teacher and I don't know if that's, uh, if that's uniquely American, but it is strongly American. And as a result, um, we lose our identity when we lose our practice. I mean, you look at somebody's LinkedIn page and it goes from saying, I'm the CEO of, of something or I'm the volunteer coordinator for something. And all of a sudden it just says retired. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it might, no one's clicking that. It might as well say deceased. That's a great point. <laughs> As soon as you 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 switch your status to retire, it just goes to like grayscale. All the color goes away from the screen. That'd be honestly, honestly, <laughs> like like you, you, like why bother with a photo at right, that point? Yeah. You're you're just you're just a, a footnote in the history of the of the site at that moment, and it, it it doesn't make sense. Why would anyone choose that? Why would anyone choose to disappear or retreat, which is what it means to retire? Mm. In fact. In the UK, retiring means going to bed. So imagine going to sleep. Like, why would, why would you sign up for thirty years of sleep? That's hibernation. It sounds terrible. It's a, it's a, it's a disappearance. It's a, arguably, it's some form of failure. I mean, don't get me wrong. I believe in financial independence. Whether you're 35, 75, or one hundred and five, financial independence is a fantastic goal, and it does give you the freedom and flexibility to do whatever you want but you better know what you want to do or you're really, I, I think you're really setting yourself up for a lot of laying around. There's only so much Oprah and shuffleboard anyone can handle and so many golf courses. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so everything you just said makes, makes absolute sense to me and I've been fortunate enough to have some great conversations about the value of tying what we do professionally to our identity, but at the same time, the danger of that but I don't know that I've had a, a conversation about how to bridge the gap between I'm retired and how do I shift that. So that's that's important work, but also ambitious. So so how how do you even start that? Uh, I, I think it begins well before you you put in your your two weeks notice, mm -hmm. so to speak, or way way well before you you get fitted for your graduation cap, if you will, or your gold watch. Uh, I, I think you need to have uh, already given serious thought to what that plan would be. Presumably, you're empty nested at that point. If you've had children, maybe there are grandchildren. Maybe they're dispersed across the U.S., so this creates some geographic conversations. You have to figure out where you're going to live. Uh, you know, what kind of what kind of property? Are you going to have one home uh, like the one you, you're in now? Can you age in place? Or are you going to have multiple homes, and maybe they're smaller, but you have one at the shore and, and one in the mountains? Um are you, are you interested in or do you have a skill that you have from your career that's transferable to the next generation of folks in that career without it being a full-time job? You know, if, if you've been in accounting, there's no reason why you can't assist 
uh, an accounting firm at tax time for two months a year if it makes you happy and if it keeps you busy. If you've been in construction or in uh, home building, there's no reason why you can't do either a Habitat for Humanity type of thing or work at Home Depot or something just because it's something to do and you can get involved and get your hands dirty and, uh, and stay engaged and stay involved and, and have adult communication. Um, there's so many different ways to do this. You know, we've had guests on, on our podcast who ha- are helping folks in their eighties figure out ways to make money, not because they need it, but because it's kind of fun and they find things they like to do. And you're talking about folks who become dog walkers because they love animals. Sure. I mean, it, it, this doesn't have to be, uh, it's sure as heck better not be a nine to five. I mean, if you've, if you've gotten yourself to the point where you're financially independent now, find something that gets you excited about getting up in the morning. That's more than a crossword puzzle. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that there's a lot of wisdom in that. And I I know I figured out a couple of years ago that, that I find meaning and responsibility. And to your point, it doesn't mean I need to go and find a nine to five job that I hate, but it could mean volunteering. It could mean all those things that you've just described, but it needs to be something. Cause if I didn't have anything that I was responsible two or four, I mean, I, I would probably just become a fat, lazy slob. Well, and, and don't get me wrong. That's a fabulous goal too. Everyone <laughs> should, everyone should have a period of time and I don't mean fat, lazy slob per se, but I mean, it's, it's okay to take sabbaticals. Mm. In fact, arguably the millennials have figured this out already in a way that the Xers and boomers didn't, which is it's okay to take three months off in the middle of your career or sometime. Yeah. Um, that is a bizarre, uh, a bizarre thing to at least my generation as Gen X, you know, it's sort of like you run this sprint and you, you go a mile a minute and you work 60, 70 hours a week and all of a sudden you're done. And it's like you hit that finish line and now what? Um, I don't know if you remember the day that you took your last exam in college. Um, I remember the day I turned in my thesis. Hmm. I remember the date. I remember the weather. I remember everything about that moment. Like it was a, a an, an incredible, and I remember going down to Bennett Hall at 34th and Walnut and dropping off the paper and walking outside and having this incredible rush of, oh my gosh, I did it. (laughs) And then this wild um, uh, second rush, which was, what am I going to do today? (laughs) What What am I doing now? And I had fortunately had already lined up a job in a few weeks, but even then I was idle instantly. It was the first time in 20 years I hadn't had an assignment of some kind. Yeah. And work's not much different. I I think the reason we use graduating um, as a a, a sort of as a a metaphor for 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 retirement is that it is a it's a huge accomplishment to get to the point where where you can quit on your terms or at least quit the grind. And that could mean going from 40 hours to 20 or it could mean finding something else to do or it could mean doing something seasonally. But there's this there's this moment and, and I haven't lived it. I'm, I'm 48 years old. Uh, I am on my way to financial independence, but, but have no desire to retire today. First of all, I love what I'm doing. Second of all, I don't know what I would do yet, Sure. but I do have some plans. I, I have a sense of where I'm going to want to live and the kinds of things that I want to do. And, you know, I'm setting up a consultancy so I can do consulting for other financial advisors when I retire. And I don't know if that's going to be in five years or seven or 27. But I'm starting to build a plan for something to do that will get me excited about getting out of bed the day I'm not doing this all day long. Got it. No, I appreciate that. Smart. So what are some of those are, are 
are there key areas you you mentioned really where are you going to live is it is it an rv is it you know is it x y and z what are you going to do so are are, are there key variables that that you really work with people around here's that here's the areas you really need to be thinking about definitely and sometimes it's around hobbies or interest. If you're in, if if you love the beach, you best not live in Kansas. Hmm. Um, you know, if you're if you're uh, and and if you love the mountains, I'd say the same thing. Yeah. Um. You you know, there's you have to figure out where you thrive, where you're at your best, where you rejuvenate yourself. Um. Now, there's also other factors. If you have, you know, a situation like mine, we have one child. If our child decides, if our daughter decides, you know, I'm going to UCLA and I'm going to be on the West Coast. Coast, uh, it's going to be darn hard for me to say, yep, I'm retiring on the East Coast yeah. without having at least some connection or some uh, possibility of uh, being much more involved in, in her life. And if we're blessed with grandkids, the same kind of thing. So some of it is family, some of it's hobbies, some of it's, some of it's proximity to something like an airport. If you want to do consulting, you don't need an office, but you might need to do some travel. Um, and if that's true, or if you're going to be a public speaker, if you're going to be on the speaking circuit when you retire for 10 years, then you better make sure you can get to Logan Airport pretty easily if that's the deal. And so some of it is geography from that standpoint. Some of it's taxes, too. Hmm. George, we, you know, I, I'm still a financial advisor. And so while sure. we want to talk about life, we also <laughs> have to talk about, you know, if I and, and my, my personal plan is to live someplace where I'm not um, getting just destroyed from a tax perspective locally right um and people there's a reason why there's a migration south and west and i do not believe it's just weather i yeah. think a good a good chunk of that has to do with tax policy um, some of it might be weather but it's not only weather it's it's because there are places where you can go where you can be active where there's lots to do and where you you aren't feeling like you're subsidizing 27 people to do it Damn, yeah, appreciate that. So, where, if if anywhere, do people have a hard time with this? Is it just engaging in this process? Is it following through on it? Does it depend? You know, the the toughest situations that I see with this are either when there are health considerations, hmm. um, or whether there's a, a real complicated family structure. You know, maybe there's a family business involved or a family farm. Maybe there's a maybe there's a, a home that's been in the family for four generations that you're not just going to move like it's a place to, for your stuff. Um, so sometimes it's ties like that. Um, sometimes it's related to sometimes it's related to family. No question. Um, you know, if, if if I had four children and they were all here, I'd have a hard time leaving. Like, sure. I, I don't know that I'd be able to do that. I might be able to go by coastal or I might be able to to snowbird a little bit, but I'd sure still want to have a presence here, I think. So those are the ones that are really tough. Um, this is at least for the clients we represent. This is rarely as much a financial issue uh, as it is a logistic or a, an emotional one. Uh, and and. You know, we're finding just from a pure tax perspective, we're finding that we can advise folks on how to leave Maryland and get a free house to live in in Florida for what they've been paying in Maryland state taxes. Wow. I mean, we, we've we've crunched these numbers six different ways and mm -hmm. it is possible to not only not only eliminate some of your expenses, reduce some of your expenses, but to actually move to a property that's more valuable and has lower taxes like it's a like it's a snap in your fingers it's unbelievable and that's why it's happening um you know and and folks in maryland are all going one place they're all going to naples 
Sure. Um, which means, which means now we have clients in Naples, which means now I travel to Naples. It's beautiful. I don't know that that's where I want to live for myself, but that's the, the, it's like a one way street from Maryland to Florida. Got it. Yeah. I think that that's interesting and, and, and the reality. So the state of Florida is grateful. The state of Maryland is, is a little upset with you, Eric. Uh, I'm comfortable with that. I, I don't. I don't work. For, I don't work for the state of Maryland. You know. I. I we, we rep, in fact, in fact, we represent clients in about 29 different states. So we've learned how to do this. And if you live on the border of North or South Carolina, we know how where you ought to live while you're working, where you ought to live where you're not working, and and based on income, some of it there is tax arbitrage. It can be done because the tax codes vary that much. I mean, the difference between Manhattan, Kansas, and Manhattan, New York is dramatic mm. when you look at just the bill. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So I have to imagine I, I I've heard horror stories about people that are helping entrepreneurs transition to sell their business or exit their business, and all too often they get to the end of this process and they're about ready to sign on the dotted line, but they pull out of the deal or they blow it up because they have no idea of what they're going to do afterwards. So I have to imagine that engaging in a process like this helps people in that situation, but also it just gives them the confidence to know that, okay, now is the time to retire or graduate. I, I think, I think that does matter. And for business owners, it's especially difficult because not only do business owners, uh, and, and I'm one of them, not only do we equate who we are with what we do, we also create, we also equate what we do with what we've built. And there's a desire and I don't think it's some kind of egotistical immortality dream of some kind, but there's a desire to leave something behind that still runs without you. That's, I think, almost any entrepreneur I've ever met, any business owner, particularly those who are who start the business themselves, would love to see the business outlive them. And that's hard to do. It's hard to do in family situations with next generation for lots of tricky reasons, but it's hard to do in general. And if you sell it and you lose control over it and someone changes it, it's kind of like if you sell a house and then you drive by four years later and your favorite trees are gone, mm. it feels like, hey, why'd you cut down? The, those were my favorite <laughs> trees. And you forget that that's not your house anymore and that they're allowed to do that. Right. Um, same thing's true of a business. You know, you change it and they decide to rebrand and use a different logo. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, what what happened? So I think we do tie our identities a lot to to that, especially as business owners. But um, the deal to me is rarely a financial deal breaker. It is very much an emotional deal breaker. People want to know that whoever sort of moves in and takes over the, the enterprise is going to do it in a way that's consistent with the values you've demonstrated for what could be decades. Got it. And that, that, that makes it harder than just, hey, who offered me the best price? No question about that. No question about that. I love it. Well, Eric, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? My tip today is to work with every generation of your family on your own financial plans. That does not necessarily mean you have to quantify everything, but qualify it. Know what your parents are doing and make sure they know what you're doing doing, understand what your kids are doing and let them understand what you're doing. In other words, have open communication within your family, at least qualitatively about your plans so that there aren't any surprises in terms of who you're naming as a responsible party, in terms of how you're leaving assets behind, in terms of what's important to you, and more than assets, in terms of what's valuable, in terms of, uh, of the, the values and the, the vision that you have for your family. Send, um, 
send the qualitative and the emotional, not just the financial when you go. Well, like that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Eric, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can they listen to the podcast? All of it. Yeah, no, the podcast is at don'tretiregraduate.com, and it's available on all the major streaming sites. Uh, I'm excited that there'll be a book by the same title out this fall, just in time for back to school, and that'll be on Amazon. And then our company website is bfgfa.com. bfgfa.com. Yes, sir. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Eric your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to bfgfa.com. Check out the Don't Retire Graduate podcast and look for the book coming up here in the fall. Thank you again, Eric. Thank you so much. This was this was a blast. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. <laughs>